Okay, so some may say scorpion, venom, different things, mashallah. If I were to ask you who was the main enemy of Superman? Yes, anybody? Main enemy of Superman, the arch enemy of Superman, anyone? Yes? Yes, sir? Okay. I've got something else here. I can't verify whether that's right or wrong, but I've got Lux Luther perhaps. Is that, does that sound familiar? Yes? Lex, Lex or something, right? If I were to ask you who was the arch enemy of Batman? Right. And then someone perhaps is thinking of the Avengers and all the different so-called characters and all of that out there. If we were to understand something in light of an authentic tradition and narration of the Prophet, peace be upon him, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us, مَا بَيْنَ خَلْقِ آدَمْ إِلَىٰ قِيَامِ السَّاعَةِ مَا بَيْنَ خَلْقِ آدَمْ إِلَىٰ قِيَامِ السَّاعَةِ خَلْقٌ أَكْبَرُ مِنَ الدَّجَّالِ This narration is in Kitab Al-Fitan in Muslim Sharif. If you wanted to know who the greatest enemy and the greatest person, figure that you need to worry about that is none other than Dajjal. The Prophet, peace be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as we know, part of his life, a very integral aspect of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the aspect of dua. Now this evening, in talking about Dajjal, I was telling Hafiz Hafiz, one of the brothers becoming Hafiz, the other morning whilst he was reading, that I feel like just thinking and preparing for this, it is as if though Dajjal is on our doorstep. When one just looks at this dua, and basic supplication of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, it sends shivers down the spine. And tonight I have decided not to do the traditional so-called lecturing or, or just giving a sermon kind of a thing. It is something that needs us to sit very calm and relaxed. To be able to perhaps take in and absorb some of the things that we will learn this evening. And the first thing is I want you to join me in reciting this dua. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika 
min azabil qabri wa min azabin nari wa min fitnatil mahya wal mamat wa min fitnati masihid dajjal amin can you imagine the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is telling the companions and thereafter talking to you and i that the greatest enemy and the greatest test to befall humankind would be that of the antichrist dajjal and guess what in this dua the prophet alayhi salatu wasalam asks allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection from amongst many things like protecting us from the torment of the grave he sallallahu alayhi wasallam says oh allah protect me from the trial and tribulation and the word fitna is very common with regards to these things from the fitna of dajjal another interesting thing that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentions and the companions say verily i have heard the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam say that dajjal shall not shall only emerge the dajjal shall only emerge when people stop mentioning him and when the imams stop speaking of him from the pulpits i ask myself that question when was the last time i have heard something about this from the pulpit or when was the last time i spoke about this from the pulpit a person by the name of farqad he once said to sayyidina hasan o abu sa'id it is my desire that when dajjal emerges now this this whole topic has got too many angles to it and too many too many ifs and buts and hows and whys there is the word khuruj and then there is the word zuhur one is to 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 come out kharaja yakhruju and one is zuhur zahir to be apparent he says oh abu sa'id it is my desire that when dajjal emerges i wish to be in the front of you carrying your flag the reply came oh farqad oh allah farqad is asking you for great difficulties whereas we are asking you for safety from difficulties and from trials you make mental notes you make these notes where you want to make them farqad is asking you for difficulties we are asking you for protection from difficulties link that to the dua we just read 
protect us from the fitness of Dajjal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us, insha'Allah. So this calamity of the coming of Dajjal is huge. Now can you imagine if the Prophet والسلام, is saying this is the biggest calamity. All prophets have told their nations regarding this huge calamity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us insha'Allah. When this is such a huge calamity, we need to prepare our families. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to prepare our children. We need to prepare our communities. And this topic, from what I've been told, seemed to be a popular topic. Yesterday in school, I was talking to the students about it, different classes, and telling them that I am extremely afraid of talking about this topic after understanding and studying about it in the recent days. And they were all excited that, yes, we want to know about this. The thing is, it is such a thing that's only going to gain prominence and gain popularity because it is part of the end of time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us, inshallah. So some questions perhaps comes to our mind. Has the Dajjal already come out? His birth? His emergence, who is he, where is he, all of these things perhaps come to our mind. I wouldn't say this is in sequence, but the notes that I've put together, inshallah, should cover some of these things. And there may be some repetitions because of different words in the hadith or traditions, drawing points from different things, but the repetition of one thing. The first thing that we need to understand is the meaning of Dajjal or Dajjala or Dajjal. Now there are certain things that you need to be mindful of. You need to be able to read between the lines, not necessarily draw conclusions, but just be a bit alert and awake. And I've written this somewhere in my notes where I have put it down to say that one of the things you learn from this entire scenario is when the Iman level is weak, then the understanding of this also sounds far-fetched. And sometimes it's beyond our understanding. It sounds like these are just another joker or another whatever it may be because why the mind the intellect and the heart does not comprehend these things except with iman the meaning of dajala deception lie cheat cover the truth Part of it would be covering lands, the vast lands, covering that with filth. 
of various forms. Part of the meaning is to plot, to plan. Some say it means to cover, to, to coat, like you gold coat something. It's not actually gold, but it is gold plated or coated. It's not the original. To show something good, but deep down there is actually evil. Ibn Faris, with regards to mentioning it, he says, because the word Masih, Dajjal, it means flat. The Masaha, it means, and this word has been used for the Messiah, the Masih, for Imam Mahdi. Radiyallahu anhu. But in this context, because of the description which you will explain, it means flat. If we link some of these terms of dajala, of deception, of, as we say, sugar-coated, etc., these terms may sound familiar. Have you heard of the term equality? Yes or no? Have you heard of the term human rights? Have you heard of the term family planning? Have you heard of the term women's rights? Have you heard of the term democracy? I told you you're going to need to discuss this in your mind. One point, note it and note it very well. The fitnas of Dajjal have already begun. The fight between spirituality, between materialism, Sheikh Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi has got a book also entitled Faith versus Materialism. Before he comes, Dajjal, the stage has to be set. Does this sound familiar? Fake world. Fake people, plastic people walking around. Who have a voice, plastic. If they stand long enough in the sun, they may melt. They have a voice. You can post yourself naked on Instagram and you will get paid $500,000. Does this sound familiar? Sometimes you don't know whether you are living in a real world or is it a fantasy world. Many scholars have written on this subject. As I told you, it's mind-boggling. But the most important thing to note, it's not just to concern ourselves with the who, where, how, etc. The most important thing, I'm going to iterate it and mention it now, and inshallah, remind myself and you. How do we prepare ourselves? That's the big question. 
Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam described Dajjal and from because of the lack of time, did you say 10 o'clock? Avi, I don't think I heard you wrong. Okay, he's confused. We'll leave that for him to think. He was thinking about the terminologies of Dajjal. So, the question is, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has explicitly described the features of this man, of this creature, of this person. And part of it is the color, whitish, red, stompy. They describe it today, some people, commentators, describe it as those, those buff guys. Muscular, like a bodybuilder, where you sort of don't even stand straight. You see them when they're doing those photo shoots, they got to stand slightly, you know, curved. Don't look at a bodybuilder and say, that's the jal now, please. <laughs> the hair. The color of the hair and all of those kind of things. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, he explained us and he mentioned this in the hadith. The description of Dajjal. What will Dajjal call to? This is a question. He will call to the path and I want you to analyze. He will be calling to the path of greed. He will call to the path of materialism and the fight for money. He will call towards power and the control of power. There will be a call towards a certain mentality and that mentality will come about by a certain type of educational system. A system that does not talk about service it talks about how do you make money from the service. Oof. I told you this is a scary topic. The time gives me more shivers than Dajjal, brother. Allahu Akbar Kabira. He will call towards where the call would be made that money is God. Today you hear the terminologies, you go and you deal, deal with different people, read and understand commerce and economics. They tell you that they will sell their parents, but they don't sell their property. There's, a, there's this term that you find when you're dealing. So money becomes God. Then there is what we call the satanic approach and the control of tax, interest, gambling. Who are the companions of Dajjal? Besides all the other corrupt, greedy, power-hungry groups, the people of weak Iman. The people of weak Iman. Due to weak iman, there is no connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Free thinking, self-righteous believers who feel that they can modernize the deen and we become people where we believe everything that the media says. 
So I tell my children, do not forget to take your umbrella tomorrow morning when you're leaving the house because the weather lady has just said it's going to rain tomorrow. And when I walk out of the lecture, I question and I say, how come, Sheikh, that doesn't make sense? We live in 20 COVID. So I can say that it's going to rain tomorrow. But then I question the verse of the Quran. I question the teaching of Islam. The scholars tell us that who are from those groups, people with weak Iman, may Allah forgive us, inshallah. Imani foresight, the basira would be vanished. It would, it would become minimal. People will be blinded. Part of the description of Dajjal, one side flat, the other side, the eye looking like a gray protruding out. People will become blinded, not being able to see correctly. People will blame the good person as the bad person and the bad person as the good. In the name of God and humanity, we say that we are helping, but instead, there's only a few that are benefiting. The fitna of Dajjal will be overwhelming. It will attack our minds, our thoughts, political conditions, societal conditions, etc. So what is the best thing to do? We learn that a time will come when people will run to the mountains. And this hadith of Rasulullah tells us, stay away from populated areas. Some scholars tell us the rise and the, 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 the coming about of high rise, where it's a kogmai of evil, you can call it. They say that the hadith says a time will come when people should avoid those populated areas and go into the villages. Because this is a very, very great test. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, inshaAllah. Because of time, keep this in mind as a very important point. Even if we don't fully understand, and I can give you authentic material to read, if you're interested, see me. But one thing to keep in mind is we need to start building a habit to accept that this fitna is on our door. The trials, part of the terminology of fitna is not just a trial or a tribulation. Some people explain it that it is something that causes distress. And we find that the notion of sometimes asking too many questions and trying to find the exact thing is also part of the confusion that the Jal creates in the human mind. Because of the different proofs that they control, where right and wrong cannot be differentiated one to the other. Some of the signs that the Jal will emerge, some of the signs of the emergence of the Jal, I'm going to go through this a bit quick now. You find that in the hadith it is mentioned that the date palms of Baisan or Baisan would stop giving fruit. 
Shurahbil bin Hasana in the time of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an. They had conquered that area. And you find in 1924, after the collapse, I don't think is the right word, after the deception of creating the collapse of the Khilafah, of the Ottoman Empire, you find that it was part of Jordan. And then in 1948, you know what happened. It is mentioned that this place was famous for date palms. And now it is said that there's only a few that are visible. In one narration, it is mentioned that the water in Tabaria Lake would dry out. This again is in the Jordanian area. It is one of the lowest freshwater lakes in the world. And again, it is mentioned that this has now been taken over and it is drying up. And do the people use the water? Another sign of the emergence of Dajjal. It is the Ain, the spring of Zuhar. This also would dry up and we find that subhanallah, this is all happening as we speak. In one narration it is mentioned that Dajjal shall emerge when true men, people of Iman, shall be few, when food shall be scarce, when family fights shall be common, when Islam shall be treated lightly, not given the respect it deserves. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Bishr al-Ma'azini once said to his nephew, perhaps you shall witness the conquest of Constantinople, Kustuntuniya, if you do so, do not bother taking the spoils of war, since after its conquest there shall pass only about seven years before the emergence of Dajjal. And this is mentioned in Nu'aym. The above narration also shows that the Sahaba, the Sahaba did not think of the possibility as far-fetched that Dajjal would appear. They were ever so ready. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself heard about a person, Ibn Sayyad, they mention about him, who was born and there was a claim that he is Dajjal. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam set out to verify this. The point is, is that even the companions, it was not something that they were waiting for Imam Mahdi and they were waiting for this and for that. They thought it can happen at any time. And many more can be found, many more narrations, where you found the Tabi'een and the Sahaba, etc., explained to us with regards to the signs of the emergence of Dajjal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. But when he comes, again due to time, his reign would last for 40 days. And then, there is the narration from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with regards to how long this 40 days is. And Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam makes mention that one day shall be like a year and another shall be less than that. Then a day like a month, another less than that. Then a day like a week and another less than that. Then a day like every other day and another less than that. 
His final days shall be like a flame on a palm leaf. The Sahaba, when listening to this, understand something. It was mind-boggling when you listen to what the Sahaba asked. When they are told that one day is like a year, and one day like a month, etc. What was their concern? Subhanallah. They did not say, what do we do? Where do we hide? Their concern was, it is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, that they inquired, how do we perform Salah at that time? What is our level of Salah? They inquired, how do we perform Salah at that time? May Allah give us the understanding, inshaAllah. But describing the scene of anxiety, and then again, because of time, the issue is you find Alaska, you find Finland, these places where they don't see the sun or they don't see night and day, and how do you calculate it, etc. But Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, a night shall come upon man, that shall equal three of your nights. Those punctual with performing their nafil salah at night, they shall realize this first, the tahajjud. They shall awaken for tahajjud and complete their daily portion. They shall then retire to bed, awaken after a few hours later, and again complete their daily portion. As they are in the process, others shall awaken, and realizing that something went wrong, they would start screaming and shouting out, frightened. They shall hasten to the masjid and they shall then witness the sun rising from the opposite direction. You find that when Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, there is a long hadith, lengthy hadith, the entire story of Tamim Dari. Tamim Dari is that Sahabi who when they traveled and he explains when he comes back, he explains to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam that they went in their ship and where they had traveled to and what happened. And then they met a person by the name of Jassas. And Jassas comes from Jasus, from spies. Spies. Keep that in your mind. And then he pointed them out to a place where he said, go there and see. And when they came and they met that person, and that person said, I am Dajjal. The aspect I want to tell you is that there's many theories with regards to perhaps where that possible place is. And some have mentioned these various triangles and squares and all of those things. You know what I'm talking about. So, Tamim Dari mentions this entire scenario with regards to the release. He made great indication that his release was very close as the time for the approach of his release draws closer so would his plots increase to set the stage manifold and messages would be sent out to the various agents scattered around the globe to await for the arrival sayyidina huzaifa radiyallahu an mentions that verily some of the snares of Dajjal have been prepared whilst Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was alive. Where will Dajjal visit first? And these are all authentic narrations. Amongst them Dajjal would go and he would visit Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Even in that lengthy hadith, he struck his, his asa, his staff three times. And he mentioned Taiba, Taiba, Taiba. 
that he would not come here to Medina. And that is why the scholars tell us, make a dua, Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, to be protected from this fitness. One of the things is you live in Haramayn al-Sharifayn. You live in Bilad al-Sham or Bayt al-Maqdis. But Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam pointed out, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu is the narrator of this tradition and hadith. It will be emerging and the fitness and the trials will be from Kufa, from Iraq, from Asfahan, a place in Iran. And these are authentic narrations and there's so many different things that explains uh, more about it. And Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam in hadith of Muslim Sharif, authentic narration, he said, Ra'sul Kufri. Qibal al-Mashriq, the center of Kufr, the center of all of this is towards the east. You look at the map. When Sayyidina Umar was preparing an expedition towards Iraq, Ka'ab Ahbar cautioned him saying, O leader of the faithful, do not proceed in that direction, for verily in that land lies nine-tenths of black magic. The most evil of the jinn and the worst of the killer diseases. And he mentions with regards to the whole issue in the Muwatta Imam Malik, who was the person that killed Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an. You learn of Abu Lu'lu al-Majusi and various other traditions and narrations. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an. Look at his entire life and the ending of his life. You look at the martyrdom of Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu an. And you find that Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam draws our attentions towards this area. When you look at after that, you see what happens in the time of Kufa and Basra. You see the Jabariyah, where did they come from? You see Jaham ibn Safwan, who were these people from the Ja'ad tribe? So you get the Jahmiyyah and all this Firaq Batila, the Khawarij and all of these different uh, 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 groups. Where do they come from? You will understand that Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam mentioned Khurasan. Khurasan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us insha'Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says and he warned that those who refuse to submit to the whims and fancies of Dajjal, those who refuse, now listen to me again on a very global context, those who refuse to submit to the whims and fancies of Dajjal would have to bear the brunt of his anger and you would find that they would suffer famine and loss of their livestock. And I put it today in a more modern day context. Your currency would be strangled. Part of the control, the scholars explain to us from the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam tells us with regards to the control, he will have control over the waters, over the plantations, over the lands, this, the, 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 the trials and, and Dajjal and his groups, they will control what we drink. They will control us in the old days. In the old days it is said that you find when they abused our sisters, in the name of democracy, in the name of feminism, in the name of equality, when they asked a lady for a motor car, for a motor car to stand semi-naked, what did she have in her hand? 
when she was modeling 10, 20 years ago, when the fitna started, she had a plastic bottle in her hand. She had her keys in the other hand. And that was what she modeled. And today, I can't start my day without my coffee. The hadith says you will control what you drink. They will control the water. It is mind-boggling. Subhanallah. The earth's resources. You talk of gold and silver. You talk of De Beer Mines, a South African company founded the first organization for the gold, etc. And you look at currencies. You look at various institutions. Behind all of this, behind all of this year, is only a handful that make the decisions. Talk of diamonds. Where are the price? Diamonds are mined by the blood of the innocent. But the price is set somewhere else. The Jal shall pass by a desolate land. He shall command the land to give out its resources. The treasures of the land shall follow behind him as though they are the queen bees. In likening the treasures following the Jal to that of the queen bees is the indication from the hadith that it will be like the queen bees, that behind the corporation established the queen bee, there shall be hives of obedient workers. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an in a short but concise manner, he laid out the details of the elite of Dajjal's forces. The majority of his followers and agents on that day shall be people. Who are these people? They are the people who, who are involved in interest. They are the children of adultery. Today, where is the system of marriage? In the name of freedom, we spoke of the different terminologies used and dajala and all of these kind of things. You look a close look and you need to read the history of the conquest of Constantinople. If there is any history that you should read, not just watch Ertugru. You should read about, you should read about Qustuntuniya. And it gives us a better understanding of post-1922. Listen very quickly. What's going to happen? Post-1922, the rebirth. You heard that word. The Enlightenment era. Religion has kept us in the dark. The church was accused of keeping people in the dark. Thus the demand for the age of enlightenment. And according to the new demands set out, it was we want to get ourselves, was to unshackle oneself from the chains of religion and to give preference to modern thought. Since in this year lied the future. Since the 20th century, people say you can see very, very fast the beginning of Dajjal's open attacks on the Muslims. You find during the Ottoman time, in the hadith, it is also mentioned that a time will come one of the signs when the masajid will stop being built. One of the signs. I told you Dajjal, Tabim Dari says they met Jassas. And what happened? 
Jassas, we said Jasus, spies. The Sahabi says if the person was Jassas or Jasus, and they will have control over everything in preparation for Dajjal to come. And this is all again to understand that this is not a fairy tale. It's not that plastic world or the plastic card world that we live in. This is a reality. Data information. Where do you begin with that? Flybys and the likes of it. Pay TV. Money transfers do not go directly. It gets a rebound first, an approval, a tick, before it reaches its destination. The Dajjal will have control over transport. In the hadith it is mentioned that he will be able to traverse and travel the world very, very fast. What modes, how can we move very, very fast? His voice will be heard far and wide. And today your voice is heard. I am told the kids are telling me that, I don't know if it's just an Apple thing or something, Alhamdulillah, I'm an Android person. So what happened is this year, that, I get the thumbs up from Ali. So what happens? You are talking of something. You are thinking of something. Apparently, next best thing, it tells you where the closest coffee shops are if you are mentioning coffee. Anyone experience that? It happened to me and my wife a few days ago. She was like, you're talking too much of Dajjal. <laughs> Why do you think part of the one eye, the mind, the control of the mind, Hadith mentions your thinking will be controlled by him. He will have control over your thinking. There isn't now any longer a half an hour gap that you and I can think freely. I don't even think we are doing that in our sleep. Because the moment you think you are thinking freely, the moment you think you are in control of your thoughts, boom, a notification of some feed comes on your phone and your thought process is gone to something else. All of us are guilty of it. You pray in your salah when you say Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Many of us, I'm guilty too at times for taking out your phone as if though to see whether God sent you a message of acceptance. You can't think anymore. Your thinking is in control. Your drinking is in control. Overnight, overnight, you become, you stay in a five-star hotel. You pay in the crown $700 perhaps a night. But you can't mentally get yourself to drink from the tap. You must drink this. The hadith says the water will be controlled. In another hadith, by, by Allah, Qiyamah shall not occur except that before it, wild animals will talk. The tip of one stick shall speak, as well as one's shoelace. The thigh of a person shall inform him of the happening at home after his departure. Very, very nicely if you think about it. Animals will talk, cartoons. Sticks will talk, memory sticks. 
Shoes with lights. Where do we keep our phone by and large? Your pocket is hip level. Controlling over the reins. You go to the, Emir to, to, to the UAE. You go to China. There's these super seeds. There's now this thing where they created. Professors are here. They will tell us where from different now technologies they create rainfall and storms. This is happening in Dubai where there's, 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 there's dryness. And then you find control over the lands. You will not have control over your food, etc. any longer. You talk, to you talk to agriculturists, talk to people in plantations and in farmlands. I have got friends in that industry, so I'm talking from verifying this. Certain lands, certain seeds, it's not like the old days. Once you use it once, you can't use it again. You have to buy it again and then plant it. It's no longer you used it and you get another offshoot and you use it. A time is coming when one kilo of tomato seeds my friends buy from a certain place, they pay 5,000 US dollars for one kilo. For one kilo. I'm going to end, inshallah, in just a few minutes and we'll perhaps, uh, instead of taking question and answer, I may just answer some of your questions in this year very quickly, inshallah. This is a, a, an amazing hadith that should worry us, subhanallah. I'm going to read it very quickly. And I'm not going to explain it, it's self-explanatory. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anh says, whilst discussing Dajjal, the sign of his emergence shall be when the following shall be rife amongst Muslims. What would be prevalent? The abandoning of commanding what is right and forbidding evil. Life shall have no value. You can just kill people. We read, forget of various things. You read just the other day I read of a Muslim place where the son with his friend killed his own mother because of some money issue or something like that. True leadership shall be non-existent. Usury shall be the order of the day. Strong building shall be constructed. Alcohol shall be drunk in, in, in abundance, freely, widely available. Dancing and singing girls shall be utilized as a pastime. Nabi in one hadith he mentions that when people will step out and they will see these fitnas of this coming, they will run into their homes and they would want to chain their daughters and their sons and their wives and the people. They would want to chain them up to stop them from going out because they would not be able to comprehend how serious things are. Let a time will come like that too. May Allah forgive us. And that is why you, one of the scholars said, you ask Allah not to let you see that time. Because if I were to ask you, when Muhammad said, the greatest of tests for humanity, every prophet came to warn their people of the coming of Dajjal, the greatest trial and tribulation. You and I sitting here, ask yourself, what is your greatest test at the moment? If my greatest test is that I cannot give up sugary drinks, if my greatest test is my phone, if my greatest test is pornography, if my greatest test is gambling, 
If my greatest test is womanizing, if my greatest test is haram, how do you think you and I would have the capacity to stand the test of Dajjal that Muhammad وسلم, was worried about and every prophet equally they were worried about. The clothing that men shall wear, you will find it will be like the family of Fir'aun, the pharaoh, fancy dressing, silk, there would be no differentiation between male and female. Today, today there is no differentiation between one and the other, whether we are wearing gold or we're wearing silver and the likes of it. Man shall imitate woman. Homosexuality, etc. shall be rife. When the above of all of this year happens, subhanallah, these are some of the signs of the jal. You find that Rasulullah tells us that when promises shall be broken, when you will find lines of people standing in bazaars and shopping centers and you find nobody standing in the line for Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us insha'Allah. And this hadith is a lengthy hadith. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in, a, in an authentic hadith, he describes the scene when Dajjal will approach near to Medina Munawwara. And Dajjal shall then point out to Medina to the direction of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's what we call the Masjid al-Nabawi. And he will say to his armies, do you see that white palace? Do you see that white palace? That is the place the palace of Ahmad. Allahu Akbar. Do you see the white palace? Ya Salam. This is the most important thing. And we'll finish this inshallah. How do we save ourselves? That is the question. There is much more due to many reasons. We don't want to link and everything and you become paranoid over everything. But these are realities. This is happening whether we like it. Whether you call it the information age, the receiving of information, the controlling of the mind, the controlling of our movements, the controlling of all of this, they have been mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But whatever illness and difficulty has come, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the cure for that as well. And this is what you and I should understand. That we learn about the signs of the end of time. And once you know some of these signs, you should not get involved in that. Ask Allah to save us from that. We don't worry. Allahu Akbar. Look at this here. I'm standing here. One of the signs is that you will find Today, one person messaged me and said, is this going to be live stream, etc., etc., and I replied, and the person replied back to me, giving a dua, and may Allah let you, you know, protect you, something, something, and mention in there, may Allah let you have the correct oratory skills or something of that sort. I replied back, I said, that's exactly the sign of Dajjal's emergence. <laughs> Wallahi. Because Why? One of the things of Dajjal's emergence, you will find scholars who would be able to give eloquent talks, but it would be empty. I stand in front of you ashamed.
In the past, you control the mind. If, if, if it's like if you told our grandfathers 30, uh, years ago that you, don't, you will not need to stand in the heat of the sun and plow and to have that oxen, etc., and to do your farming and your gardening and things, you'll press a button and these machines read the description of these big machines in all of this year. One of the descriptions is that Dajjal will be traversing the water, but he will not reach the bottom, but he'll be able to control the bottom. Allah, Allahu Akbar, a friend of mine works in the oil and gas industry, and coincidentally two weeks ago, he was describing to me where they live. And Allahu Akbar, mind-boggling, unbelievable. What do you think? In the old days, do you think it's coincidental it's coincidental that all of a sudden, when, subhanallah, to control the mind, you had to wait for a new release out in Hoyts. And alhamdulillah, I was telling the kids, I was making a joke, and I said, alhamdulillah, thanks to Netflix. They're laughing. They say, why, Sheikh? I said, because our iman did not allow us to believe that Sayyidina Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah, one of the scholars of the four schools of jurisprudence, in the month of Ramadan, he would pray the whole Quran in one night in his taraweeh, in his salah. How is that possible? When I told you that Imam Abu Hanifa for years, rahimahullah, he would pray his fajr with his isha wudu. He would be awake in ibadah, etc., etc. How is it possible? Thanks to Netflix, my students tell me, we watch series after series season after season even from autumn to spring to summer to winter they're watching that's how quick you are you, you are you're able to do that and you are able to play these games for hours they tell you people who are obsessed they would be locked up in a room for days and they wouldn't want to eat or something so if you can be binge watching and series after series why does your Iman not accept that Imam Abu Hanifa could stay awake for years from Isha to Fajr and not sleep? Why is it difficult that Imam Shafi'i can binge read the Quran? If that's even a term. So how do you save yourself? You should make dua like a drowning person. The scholars tell us, make dua like a drowning person. You should be with the simple, the old-fashioned, simple people. Do you? Well, well, it's, it's unbelievable, mind-boggling. And this year took years. It takes years. This is grooming of the mind. Because that which 20 years ago, which was taboo, and one or two episodes or scenes were there on the screen. And you, you, you hated that program or that movie when you walked out of the cinemas. And today, every series, every season has to have a certain couple. you becoming immune to it, you're becoming numb to it, whether you like it or not. It ends off that they must have, it's unbelievable. Make dua like a drowning person. One should try and live in the lands of the Haramain. Nabi said people will face hunger and difficulty. What must you do at that time? You must read tasbih, 
tahmeer and takbeer. Excessively, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. And you should read Surah Kahf, our principle of Darul Uloom Zakaria, a very, very pious, humble, simple human being. Sheikh Shabir Saluji, Hafizahullah, he mentions and he said that the hadith talks about reading Surah Al Kahf every Friday to be protected from the fitness of Dajjal. He said it is the time now you must read it every day. And these people don't roam the bazaars and the shops and coffee shops like me. They are living pure lives to a certain degree. Allah protect them. They, they are saying we are reading every day. And people like myself, when I have the time. But I am ready to join Imam Mahdi. Don't worry, I, we are ready to fight the Jal. With what? With your lattes. It's not going to happen. I want you to make a promise. In the beginning, we read the dua, read it in any language. Oh Allah, protect us from the fitna of the Jal. Every day, read it for your families. And if you have not memorized the first 10 and the last 10 verses of Surah Al-Kahf, can we make that part of giving Maywa the credit of Sadaqa Jariya that they deserve, that they deserve, that we go out of here with this intention. If they were a means of inspiring us to memorize the first 10 and last 10 verses of Surah Al-Kahf, then these programs are worth it. But if we just come here, and my plan is after this, where are we eating dinner? I'm going somewhere, so don't tell me where I'm going, right? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. If that's only the end all of it, then we are leaving empty. So what did I say? What's the first niyyah we are doing to make what dua every day? Quickly tell me. What dua? Read again. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma. Inni a'udhu bika. Min a'adhaab al-qabri. Wa min a'adhaab al-nar. Wa min fitnati al-mahya. Wa al-mamat. Wa min fitnati. Masihi al-dajjal. And the second thing, we ask Allah wa ta to allow us to memorize the first 10 at the first starting, inshallah. Start off with the first 10 verses of Surah Al-Kahf if we have not already memorized it. Subhanallah, Shaykh Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi Rahmatullah Alayhi, he passed away in the year 1997 on a Friday after having recited Surah Al-Kahf. I recall I was in New York, 31st December, I think it was. The month of Ramadan, it was 27th Ramadan. I was reading Taraweeh in America. And we got the news of his passing away in India, in Lucknow. And his Janaza Salatul Ghaib was read across the globe. And the first place was in Mecca, in the Haram, and in Medina, in front of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This man from India, from a small village, he is Janaza, the great Imams of Mecca and Medina, in front of Kaaba, in front of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They performed his Salatul Janaza, Rahimahullah. He says, when I understood 
When I was young and I read this of the fitness of Dajjal, and you must read Surah Al-Kahf, I could not rest until I went and he wrote an entire big volume just on the tafsir of Surah Al-Kahf. Why does Allah want us to read that? What are the lessons? What is in there? And he links everything back to this entire situation that we should ask Allah for protection from. And people like this who spend their lives, who have the opportunity to enter the Kaaba, who have the opportunity to stay at the Prophet Mubarak place, they are worried. You and I? May Allah protect us, inshallah. May Allah protect us, may Allah protect us. Subhanallah. The last part here we find that the Sahaba used to remember the fitness of Dajjal and they used to cry. The Sahaba used to, and the question is today, the one world order, worshipping of God, everybody's God, everybody's Qibla. Everybody's direction is materialism. Say what we want to say. We are all guilty of it. We are all guilty of it. I sometimes go in my wardrobe to look for a jubba. Imagine Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an. He comes to Friday khutbah late. And he apologizes. I was waiting for my dress to dry. Because that is the only dress I have. Today my wife has to wait for me. I'm using me, she waits for me. Why are you delayed? I'm choosing what I'm going to wear. He came late, he had nothing to wear. We are late because we don't know what to wear. We got so much. May Allah protect us. And you know what? I'm the worst is that our children cannot comprehend. And I may take this opportunity. Part of the fight of materialism, and listen to me, and I've been mentioning this in the recent days. I am telling you now, and I told the kids, the lack of Iman is the cause of not understanding that these are the fitnas out there. If your vision is blurred, you cannot see what's in front of you. We have got a blurred vision, so we cannot see that these are tests and trials and tribulations. I think, my personal opinion, it boils down to we are not cautious of what we are eating halal and haram. And I say this with a great pain like a dagger stabbing me in my heart. We are not cautious of the halal and haram that we eat. The other day, and I'm going to tell you this year, these are part of the mental traps when we don't want to listen. They tell me, no, I went to eat at, what's that place? My honey, the bun, my bun, the honey, what's it? Huh? What's that place called? Where you meet the bun. You meet your hun. I spoke to the owner. Uqsimu billah. I spoke to the owner. And he told me, I'm sorry to say, but there are people in your community who don't care. And there are people who walk out and they care. Non-Muslim told me this. 
Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam was very, very worried with regards to this. Whoever hears regarding the jal, stay away from there. And by Allah, a man shall approach the jal, the temptations. And the jal, people will turn away because the temptations are so strong. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. Five points if you want to take away. Speak about the lofty character of the Sahaba. It will help us to combat the fitna of the Dajjal. Be ready to sacrifice your time for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Try your level best to stay away from the fitnas of wealth, of children, of temptations, of materialism. Stay away from zina and adultery and adopt the sunnah lifestyle as much as possible. Simple, even there's no simple sunnah. But even if you can't do other sunnah, even a sunnah like going to the toilet with your left foot and coming out with your right foot and reading the dua, even that is a start to protect yourself from Dajjal. Dajjal will be killed by Imam Mahdi. And we find that we need to teach our children who the true superheroes are. I started off in the beginning with who are the superheroes. And we need to teach our children who the real superheroes are. And today is that day that we start the journey of learning of none other than Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the most kind, the most loving, the most respectful, the most tolerant, the most patient, the most generous, the most forgiving, the most loving human being that has ever set foot on the face of this earth. May Allah save us and protect us and make dua that you are not around when Dajjal has to come because we don't know if we can fight the evils that come with it. May Allah protect us and our families. Jazakumullah kulla khair wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.